today we're going to be talking about evangelism, right? It's been our whole month, but today specifically we're speaking about boldness, as you can see. So before I jump into today's scripture, uh, like, like Pastor Dave said, next Sunday is Evangelism Sunday, right? So every aspect of this service is geared for a first-time attender. Now, I know we're constantly inviting people, right? Like, you're prob- there's people here that are today that are here for the first time, and welcome. Uh, next week's a little safer, right? Because I don't follow rules that well, um, but so every, everything is going to be geared towards a first-time attender. It's going to be a safe time to invite someone. And that's what we want to do to and just encourage you to invite someone, right? As safe as you can be preaching Christ crucified, right? Because it's still a little risky. We're still presenting the gospel. We're going to ask people that want to give their life to the Lord. But it is specifically geared for that because that's why we've been doing this month leading up to that. So we're also having baptisms, like you heard, after service. A lot of times we do them in the small group, but this, this coming week, we're doing them in the baptismal after service here in the main building. So if you haven't signed up to get baptized, please sign up. I don't even know how many, you might not even be allowed to, but I'm just saying, go on and do it. Put a little note, Jared said I can sign up. <clears throat> I won't be there for them to yell at me. I'll just stay in the back. Uh, sign up. If you're not gonna get baptized or a family member's not gonna get baptized, come anyways. And, and just encourage those and support those who are taking that next step in their faith. It's really encouraging to see people getting baptized, to make, making that decision to follow Christ. It's really encouraging. If, like I said, if you're here for the first time, welcome. Um, I'm glad you made it. Everyone online or listening to the podcast later on this week, welcome. I wish you were here face-to-face, but welcome nonetheless. I'm going to open today, before we start reading the scripture, I'm going to open in some prayer. And I want to pray what we pray with the worship team every week before we come out and lead praise and worship. And we're going to repent because we've come here to receive and we want to be sure that there's nothing flesh in between us and God, right? We know that our sin separates us from the presence of God. So what we want to do now, because I'm believing that each and every person that is here is here to receive today, we want to get that fleshy part of us out of the way. We want to get that sin part out of the way. So right now, can you just close your eyes with me? If you're comfortable raising a hand, then just do that. But Father, if you're on the podcast, please don't close your eyes if you're driving. Wait till a stoplight. Everyone else, close your eyes. Lord, we just come before you this morning, and we want to thank you for the blessing that is being able to worship you freely. And God, we just want to repent. If there is any sin that we have not yet come to you with, we ask for your forgiveness right now. If there is something that we've done to offend your spirit that we might not even be aware of, Father, forgive us. We don't want, we don't want to do anything that could hinder what your spirit has for us today, the, the, the thing that you want to tell us today. Father, we want your words to just take root deep in our hearts. So Lord, forgive us. We thank you for that forgiveness. We receive your grace once again. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, thank you. Okay, this month we've been learning about evangelism. And evangelism is going out and sharing the gospel, right? It's going out and telling the good news of what God has done for us. So in the Old Testament, there's a couple different 
things they use the word evangelism for. One is what we've been talking about. The other is a different, different types of evangelism. So another form of the word they often used in the Old Testament was to go and tell of like a birth, right? To go tell the father that their child has been born. That type of good news. Another way they would use it is talking about a, a victory in a military engagement, to go out to the city and tell the citizens that, that they've won, that their military has been triumphant in this military engagement. I like that one because we're in a war. We are in a war. There is a power of darkness that is actively trying to stop you from getting closer to God and fulfilling your purpose in him. Now, a lot of us don't act like we're in a war. A lot of us probably don't consider that we're in a war, but we are doesn't change the fact that we are so pastor mark laid it out very very well very clearly how to evangelize right made it super simple today i want to talk a little bit about why do we evangelize two main points for this section here one we're commanded to and to not evangelize is a sin sounds a little heavy-handed just hold on let me read. <clears throat> We're commanded to. Matthew 28, right? The Great Commission. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. That's his, that's his clarifying statement. I have the authority to say this right now. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, evangelism, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We're doing that next Sunday teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That's small groups. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Okay, well, that's where he told us to, but saying it's a sin is a little rough. A little, it's just, you feel, you feel some fingers pointing at you, right? So let's look at James 4.17. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. That one stings a little. <clears throat> okay, so number one is we're commanded to do it and not doing it is a sin. Number two, and I think the more important reason, is because we love. John 15, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend your life what about what about laying down your comfort what about laying down your standing and your position laying down how people see you laying down the image that you've worked so hard to get laying yourself down laying your flesh down for others is how we show love we do it as an overflow just of our god we do it so that others will know what we know Right, so that those around us aren't gonna go to hell, to put it plainly. You are here today, like you're sitting here, forgiven, free from the ravages of another person enough to overcome their fear or enough to overcome the potential awkwardness and speak about Jesus, to tell someone else what God has done in their life. That's why we're here. Maybe not directly, maybe not you, but the person who won you or the person that won the person that won you. We are all here because someone had the boldness to speak out about what God has done for them. 
We're going to very quickly, for, for you scholars, you're not going to like this part. When I say I'm giving a brief synopsis of the scripture, it is nearly criminal uh, what I'm about to do. But listen, feel free to write your hate mail to Hannah H. Boyce at NorthwestRelator.com. Send your emails there. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to look very quickly at two different types of Bible characters, okay? And I want to see how they line up with Christians that we see today, maybe even ourselves. Just saying, think about it, be open. And before we keep reading the scriptures, listen, this book that we read, the Bible, it is, it is not just a group of stories. This is a historical account of the love of God. Amen. It's our history of the love of God and the links that he goes through to rescue us from sin and death. Right, like it's, it's poetic, yes, it's beautiful, it's written with amazing metaphor, it's just incredibly well done, but it is truth, and we can't forget that, and you need to know that when you read it. Okay, so, right, evangelize, he commanded me to, but I don't want to, I just, let, let's be honest, I don't want to do it. So, let's look at what d- disobedience in the scriptures looks like, right, we've established we were commanded to. So let's look at if we say no. Again, scholars, calm down. Jonah received a command from God, disobeyed, swallowed by whale, repented, obeyed. Right? Kind of lays it all out. There's a few details I missed. Lays it all out, right? Received a command from God. Wait, we, we got one of those. We got one of those. We just read about it in Matthew 28 disobeyed, swallowed by whale, nope, repented, obeyed, right, good, let's look at another one, since we so clearly understand the story of Jonah now, let's move on, Lot's wife, ooh, received a command from God, we got one of those too, mostly obeys, turned into a pillar of salt, not ideal, she was like 95% there. She's like, did it, listened to the angel, made it out of the city. She's like, but I want to see eh, salt, right? Mostly obeys. <clears throat> it's there. That's the Greek translation of it too. <clears throat> King Saul, another great example, received a command from God, tried his best to follow it, but did it his own way, lost his kingdom, went crazy, right? That, that's basically how the story went. He, he did the right thing, he did what God said they were supposed to do, but he didn't, he was impatient, right? So God said, let Samuel do this. And he's like, but I know I need to do this and this and this, and so we're gonna do it perfect. But he was disobedient. He had a command and he didn't listen to it. The young prophet from 1 Kings didn't get a mention by name, <laughs> but he did receive a command from God. Disobeyed, eaten by a lion. You know, the, you know the stinger about this story? The lion didn't even eat the donkey he was on. He left the donkey. That was just straight up, he killed him. God's like, lion, deal with him. He left the donkey there. It's crazy. <clears throat> Not ideal, right? Let's look at what obedience looks like in the Bible. This is an even briefer synopsis. Boldness and victory. This is what obedience looks like in the scriptures. If you want to sum it up, boldness and victory, Noah, Moses, Ruth, Elijah, Gideon, Joshua, Paul, all of these people 
they did not have it easy. It was not comfortable. It was not fun. I promise you it was not fun. But it was, they were bold and they saw victory because they followed the command that God gave them. How did they get this boldness? Where in the world did any of those people get the boldness that it took to do what they did? Well, boldness comes from the Holy Spirit, from conviction, purpose, and knowing the truth, right? So we know that boldness comes from the Holy Spirit, right? Like he can come upon us and just embolden us for a time to do a specific thing that he's called us to do. But outside of those miraculous impartations of the Spirit of God, how are we bold? Well, that's where conviction, purpose, and knowing the truth comes in. So conviction, right? It is a firmly held belief. I have to do this. I love you too much not to. The thought of you going to hell is unbearable. I have a conviction and I have purpose. This is the reason I am here. We are put on this earth to glorify and worship God and to tell those who don't know about him what he's done for us. I am bold because I know the truth. You know truth, not this my truth garbage, like actual truth. There's a creator who created everything and you have a personal relationship with him. Who can argue against that? We have his words written in a book that we can read. It's like, it's like having an argument with someone and they don't know that your dad is the foremost expert in that field. And they've Googled an article and they're trying to hold the candle to it and you're like, no, 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 no. I was raised in this. I live with the expert. I have a relationship with the one who gave us the truth. Who can argue against that? You're still gonna hear, but I don't know enough. You're still gonna wanna say, I don't know enough. Maybe, probably, I've talked to some of you, you don't know enough. Let's just be honest, I love you, but there's a lot of us who just flat out don't know enough, and I know that because it's me. But guess what, who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Look at this scripture. This is amazing to me. Acts 4.13. If you ever felt like you don't know enough, write the scripture down. You podcasters, write it down. Jot it down. I know you're half listening to me and it's on 1.25 speed. <laughs> write down Acts 4.13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They're not knowing enough. They're not being educated and probably using the wrong words, not being you know, so well-spoken. That is what actually showed the glory of God. That is what proved their relationship. It wasn't the bad part, that's what he used. And everyone in the synagogue is probably thinking, these two friggin' yahoos, don't know when to say lay or lie. Like, ask them how to use whom, right? They don't know any of this. So how in the world do they know the heart of God? They can't even speak well. 
how could they know such intimate details about our Savior? They must have been with him. Acts 6, 8. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace. Spoiler alert. This means he was a screw-up. This is the Bible version of bless his heart. That's what this is. I'm probably going to get a text from Pastor Peter about my interpretation of this scripture. But come on. A man full of grace. Like, oh, he needs it. Have you met Stephen? Ugh. But even Stephen, right? Even him. And signs among the people. Opposition arose. Uh-oh. From members of the synagogue who began to argue with Stephen. So basically our worst nightmare, right? I mean, that's pretty much it. You're like, I'm gonna go in here and give the word of God. And then all the scholars stand up. And they're like, hold a minute. And it's like, uh... Like if Jim Seller stands up to argue, I'm leaving. I'm just going. I'm just, I can't do it. So, but they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. The Holy Spirit will give you the words, but he won't force you to speak. That's on you. Do not, thank you, do not feel incompetent. He will tell you what to say, but doggone it, you've got to say something. You've got to speak. For some reason, in the United States, we have this fixation on perfection. Like, God is the only thing that's perfect, but for some reason, if we feel like we're not experts, we, we don't have the right to do this thing or to even partake in it. God is the only thing that's perfect. He wants you to rely on his spirit that is inside of you. You can't wait until you feel like you have all the answers. Like you taking action is going to save souls, whether you feel accomplished or ready or educated enough or not. But we think we're gonna do it wrong. I'm not gonna try. Guys, not trying can cost someone their soul. It can cost someone their eternity. So last Thanksgiving, my oldest son, Mark, we're all having a lovely Thanksgiving lunch or dinner. I don't even know what it was. We just kind of graze all day long. He's choking, right? He just starts choking. Uh, Being the amazing father I am, didn't even notice I'm two rooms away. So he's choking. My oldest sister, Crystal's like, Mark, he can't breathe. So he comes in the room like unusually calm and like, not like choking, there's something stuck, like, <clears throat> like no air is going into this boy. And he's getting a little more worried, a little more worried. And I said, I have not been certified in the Heimlich, so let's call someone who's a little more knowledgeable on how to know. I friggin' grabbed him and squeezed the little son of a gun. I'm like, I've seen, uh, you know, my wife loves these shows. Like, I'm gonna go like fist, sternum, boom. And... Boy, that food came flying out. This is, this is a silly example, but this, that's what it is. You feel like you don't have the right to speak up and you're risking their life. You know people right now, as you're sitting in this seat, right now you know people 
that don't have a relationship with God and they would go to hell if they died today. But because we're afraid or uncomfortable, we don't say anything. A few years ago, some guys I was in a discipleship group with thought, we're gonna do something about that. So us and all of our knowledge and wisdom and tact, go to the mall where all great evangelists go. And we're like, we're gonna win some souls for the Lord today. So we go, I think, I think Vinod, I think you were there with me. I think Rinchy was there with me. I don't remember who else. Not, not a, yeah, it was an interesting group. But we were passionate. So we go to the mall. We're looking, right? You're looking for people. Like them? No, they look like they straight up worse the devil. Skipping them. <laughs> headphones, 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 facing a phone. So you miss, you're like, I talk to them, but I look like a creep. Keep moving. So... We're at the food court, right? We find, I see this guy, alone, no headphones, no phone, no friends around, kind of disheveled, screams low-hanging fruit, just screams it. I'm like, if anybody's getting one today, it's this guy, got him. So I'm like, hey guys, I got him, I got him. Stay back, stay back. Actually get closer so you can hear this freaking seminar I'm about to put on, <laughs> but stay back. I go up to him, he's got his food, he's sitting down. It's like, excuse me, sir. I kid you not. He goes, I, I just, I, and he grabs his trace. Like, I just, can you just, ugh. He was so annoyed, he couldn't speak. He was just like, just, just, mm, mm. And I was like, thank you for your time. And I left. <laughs> Jonah saves an entire city in eight words. I get totally shut down in three. I got out of, excuse me, sir. And, uh, and I was like, I'm going to cut my losses. But guess what? Here's the crazy thing, right? So we get back. Everyone's laughing at me. Ha, it was a great time. <laughs> we get back. Like, even if that happens to you, you're blessed. I'm blessed for doing that, for getting completely shut down, for not knowing what I was doing, but trying. That was not the slide I was supposed to go to. First Peter 3, but even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear the threats, do not be frightened, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. If you get told no, you've succeeded. You did your best to tell others what God has done in your life, and the Father is proud of you. You've succeeded. It's by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, right? Which is our struggles and our failures and our successes in God. Not the blood of the lamb and never seeing opposition. It's not by the blood of the lamb and never hearing no. He didn't tell you to go make disciples because you're perfect, because you have a 100% conversion rate. He called you because he is perfect and he is for you and he is good. You don't have to fear Man, you don't have to fear the people around you. Hebrews 13. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Galatians 1.10 says, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. Proverbs 29. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Interesting, because he often tells me to do things 
that do not feel safe. They're uncomfortable. They're difficult. They're scary. But if you're obedient, he will keep you safe. Right? So everyone, everyone wants God to use them powerfully, but very few want to put themselves in a situation where God has to move in power. I'm not talking about being ignorant, doing something stupid that you shouldn't do. I'm talking about putting yourself on the line for Christ. You want to see, I, I, just, I just want to see him move so powerfully in my life and do something that is beyond you. Do something you can't do. Go sign up for it. Go see how it goes. He's going to come through. Let me give you an example of this. Judges 7. I love the story of Gideon. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. He's about to go into battle with a much larger army and God speaks to him saying, you've got too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel would boast against me. God's like, I've done this with Israel so many times. I can't do it again. They're going to boast. They're going to say, it's my own strength has saved me. Now announce, listen to this. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave. Gideon stayed, strangely enough. I, that would have been my, I'm good to go. <clears throat> so 22,000 men left. 10,000 stayed. But wait, there's more. He goes on to thin the crowd out even more, sends more soldiers home. This poor guy's left with 300 soldiers. All right, so let me, let me do the math for you, right? This counting's hard. He starts with 32,000 soldiers, and he ends up with 300. And he goes on. He trusts God. He goes, and he finds victory. He obeys. But, but we're scared to ask someone to attend something. Like, do you see how crazy that is? It's the same God. The same God that told Gideon to do that is the same God and spirit that is inside of you. How come? Because it's you, you feel there's no power. It's the same God. So who is it in your life that you can be bold and invite or take out to lunch and share your testimony with? A neighbor, a mom from a sports team that your kid is on, a person that you always see at the gym, that cashier you see three times a week because you can't ever make a list? Is it someone closer than that? Is it a, a family member, a, a beloved friend? You probably have the contact info for the person in your head, in your phone right now. And you need to invite them to church. We need to have a bold church. Bold because you love enough to possibly make someone feel momentarily uncomfortable. In fact, doggone it, I left my phone back there. <clears throat> Does everyone have their phone here? And let me, before you answer, please be honest, we cannot afford a lightning strike. Phil Chang and Renji would both quit if we're hit by lightning. So who's got your phone on you? Does everyone? Everyone has their phone on them. Who's going to be bold with me? I'm going to grab my phone and I'm going to text somebody right now. Will someone else text, text someone that's in their phone and invite them to church this Sunday? Let me see a hand. Who will do it with me? Who will do it with me right now? It's easy. Easy. All right, give me two seconds. I'm sorry. 
Oh, you can still hear me. There's my phone. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Who's doing it? Who's doing it? Let's go. Let's type it out. I'm going to tell you what I'm saying right now. Hey, man. Super random. <laughs> if you aren't busy next Sunday, would you and your family join me at my church? My own mother just texted me, want to come to church this Sunday. <laughs> what the heck? Uh. Wow, that was a mom burn. <laughs> Who's doing it? You guys almost done? You can type it out? You type it out? Boom. Sent. Done. He might never talk to me again. I don't care. I want him to, but I was told to ask. Who sent the text? I want to see hands. Who's bold in this place? Who is bold in here? I love it. I love it. This is what we need. It's not that hard. It's not scary. It's not going to hurt you. Invite someone to church. That is amazing. If I told you the outcome of one major sporting event, right? So this year's Super Bowl, if I could tell, prove to you I am from the future and I know for a fact, oh gosh, I don't even know. Uh, the, oh, that we know that's not real, even if I was from the future. Any, any, okay, Green Bay. I see a Green Bay shirt right there. Right there. If I could tell you definitively, I am from the future, here's the proof the Green Bay Packers win this year's Super Bowl. You don't have to like it, but doggone it, I would put every freaking penny I have on it. If I could prove to you that this is a guaranteed thing, what would you do? You would put all your money in it. You would be willing to look crazy because you were so sure of the outcome, because you had evidence and proof that you were going to succeed. You'd have the confidence to look crazy like a Noah. What we do know the outcome. Jesus Christ defeats sin, defeated sin and death, and was raised from the dead and sits at the right hand of the Father. We know how this ends. You have the confidence. You have the conviction and the knowledge and the purpose. We just have to do it. We know how this ends. So I'm going to have the worship team come back out. And we're going to end in a song here. And I'm going to do a time where I want you guys to just respond. You know, you know me. I'm a, I'm a worship guy. I like response, right? I think that God rewards our obedience. I think that God rewards our humility. Sometimes it's embarrassing to walk down front. But God sees your heart. We're going to have a time of worship, like I said. If you need to receive boldness that comes from the Holy Spirit, I want you to come down and worship. I'm not saying we're going to pray for you, but I want you to worship. So if you can go ahead and stand with me. If when I asked you to pull your phone out and texted you, and you were petrified absolutely petrified I ask you that you be brave and come down front and worship and ask God to give you the boldness that comes from his spirit 
If there's someone in your life that know, prob- you know probably isn't a believer and you don't have the boldness to speak up, come down front and get the boldness that comes from the Holy Spirit. Come down front, don't be timid. There's plenty of room down here. If you want to get rid of that fear of man, come down and worship the creator. If you want to receive that gift of evangelism, come down and ask the Holy Spirit for the gift of evangelism and believe that he will grant it to you. He is a good father. We've seen the outcome. Jesus wins. Right? No weapon formed against me can stand. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and give you victory. We know the outcome. All he's doing is calling you and asking you to give away what you've gotten. Honor someone else's boldness for speaking up and getting you here. Honor that by going out and speaking up and getting someone else here. So we're going to sing, what is this song called? Walls. We're going to sing Walls. There's just small group questions. I want you to worship because everything we need comes from God. It comes from the Holy Spirit. I want you to worship right now. Bring that thing that is just killing you, that, that fear. That just, ugh, bring it to your mind. Bring it up and just lay it down. Give it to him as we worship. And then immediately go get your children. But don't miss this moment. It's easy to get distracted to go, oh, I have to, I have to go, I have to. No, don't miss this moment. Don't miss the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. Stay.